Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. My name is Allison Incero, Senior Editor of the American Journal of Managed Care. Independent physician practices that had to suddenly stop seeing patients face-to-face if they were located in a COVID-19 hotspot lost revenue and had to come up with new ways to provide care. On today's episode of Managed Carecast, we speak with Matthew Day, the Senior Vice President of Network Payment Innovation and Contract Management for Blue Cross Blue Shield of Massachusetts, which is launching a new value-based payment approach for independent primary care practices. The pilot project will reward practices for keeping patients healthy while providing extra support during the pandemic. Thank you for joining me today on Managed Carecast. Can you just introduce yourself and explain what you are doing up there in Blue Cross Blue Shield with the new program? Sure. My name is Matt Day. I'm Senior Vice President for Network Payment Innovation at Blue Cross Blue Shield, Massachusetts. Since uh, 2009, uh, when we launched the alternate quality contract, we've really been interested in leading the way on value-based care and we're happy to kind of continue that history of innovation with this new program designed to support um, smaller primary care practices. And how will this work exactly? How will the uh, independent physician practices be recruited? Um, Can you explain a little bit of the math that maybe is involved for any physicians who are listening? Sure. Um, you know, one of the elements of our original value-based care um, was that we wanted to make sure, you know, risk was only um, appropriately um, engaged with the physician groups. And, and to help with that, we really had a, a, a larger kind of minimum size to participate. But over the years, we really heard this, this cry to uh, bring that same level of incentive and accountability um, down to smaller independent practices. Um, so it was a problem we were working at uh, for a long time. And um, about 18 months ago, uh, we really, um, with work with several local physicians, came up with a way to uh, bring that same cost and quality accountability down to a much smaller size and then began um, kind of the technical build to go along with it. Um, it had its moment. I'm glad we were at work already uh, 18 months ago because uh, it does take a while. But when uh, COVID hit, um, we really knew that uh, you know this program was going to have its moment uh, because it really brings the stability um, uh, and financial security to primary care uh, that's so needed right now. Can you explain more about that? type of support that's being offered now for practices that are being affected by COVID-19? Sure. So again, this is for independent, smaller uh, primary care groups, and there are three elements. You know, the first is a um, upfront, one-time payment um, upon entering the program to really help with the um, dire financial straits that many practices find themselves in in 2020. The second, starting in January, would be to uh, turn off fee-for-service, to completely replace fee-for-service with a population-based payment 
Um, this will free uh, primary care physicians up to, to see patients in any way they want um, and to have a uh, financial flow that's dependent more on the number of members or completely on the number of members they care for, not the volume of services that we may see go up and go down during the, the rest of the pandemic. And then the third element is a uh, robust incentive program that rewards performance on a series of cost and quality measures. Uh, so immediate payment, replacing fee-for-service for a population-based reimbursement, and then a robust incentive program. And how does this program intersect with um, incorporating social determinants of health into these smaller primary care practices? Yeah, we're really um, interested. We've been um, working on things like that since the beginning of the AQC. Uh, the AQC works with some groups that um, we're, we're serving some of, uh, you know, uh, the most challenging populations. And um, we've always wanted to unleash the creativity and the innovation um, of the physicians themselves. We think they have the most, um, uh, you know, the best place uh, to, to do that. And we want to empower it. We're um, renewing our efforts around measurement and data collection and engagement with the groups on further closing. Um, health gaps, and we think this program, by engaging and sharing data with an even bigger portion of um, our healthcare community, can go a long way with that. Can you describe any examples of how this might be used for certain chronic diseases, maybe um, COPD or chronic kidney disease, what things it might um, pay for, take care of, that maybe weren't as easy to come by before? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm an actuary by training, not a not a physician. Ah. So uh, you're, you're getting me uh, a little out of my comfort zone, but I understand. Um, you know, we we designed this with a lot of our physicians, and you know, really, it is um, the the population payment. First of all, you know, kind of gets the modality and frequency out. You know, the the physicians are going to have a stable reimbursement pattern whether they do a traditional office visit or whether right now the best thing to do is to keep that patient out of an office, keep them safe from possible um, coronavirus infection and see them via video, via phone, via text. Um, you know, the, our reimbursement will depend on that. And what we hear from our um, partnering physicians is that's tremendously freeing for, for every element of care. Compound that with uh, the incentive programs really do a lot to reward you know, chronic disease management. We were one of the first health plans in the country to reward on health outcome, not just process many years ago. And this continues uh, that. So, you know, really freeing, um, not relying on billable service, um, you know, traditional modes of care, freeing up all sorts of innovation at the, um, at the physician level. Do you not want bad to- for an actuary, I hope. Not bad at all. Do you want to explain anything about the um, the evaluation component when you're looking at outcomes, you know, and how often that will take place? Um, many of those are, are annual, and we do um, more frequent data sharing between um, the efficiency component. Looks at total medical expense on a risk-adjusted and um, you know adjusted for high claims as well, and compares it to an average. Um, 
we were able to bring the um, number of patients required down and still be credible through um, a couple different statistical techniques that, that get um, a more reliable um, measurement set uh, down lower. Um, many of the other quality measures are, um, you know, the traditional things around chronic disease management, well care, immunization, um, but really putting it all together in a, a total package to reward our best performers and help them practice the way they need to. How does behavioral and mental health um, come into play here or help with substance use disorders? That's, yeah. I imagine, becoming more of an issue now for primary care physicians over the past couple of years. Yeah. I mean, we've been very passionate about that for, for a long, long time um, and have had even um, more renewed attention uh, given the current situation. We see the need going up even more. Mm-hmm. Um, since 2010, 2011, all of our value-based care, all of our um, global budget programs have included behavioral health, substance use disorder, all elements of care. We really believe there, there is no separating. Um, it's a whole person need. And our, our rewards, our data sharing um, has to go along with that. In response to that, we've seen tremendous um, changes in the care delivery system as a result, more integration, more data sharing, more innovation. Um, We're also working um, with primary care to um, further the collaborative care model. We really see that as a large piece of the um, access uh, answer and that empowers primary care physicians to take on more of their patients' behavioral health need by employing a um, behavioral health case manager and a consulting um, prescriber, either MD or or MP level. Um, And that takes that more limited resource of the prescriber, um, but also empowers the primary care uh, physician um, to be able to meet more of those needs with that backstop of consulting support. Uh, it's been very well proven. Um, we paid for for that um, care um, for for some time, but we really haven't seen the adoption. So where um, we think programs like this will help with it uh, because it frees up you know resources, but also um, we're in the works of designing um, more explicit support for expanding that program's uptake in our market. You mentioned before the AQC or the alternative quality contract and this new program scales that down to um, practices with 1,000 or more members, correct? Correct. How many more practices do you expect to add or hope to add with the new program? It's a little tricky. Um, Massachusetts is highly consolidated. Many, um, many physicians are part of larger systems. We've heard that's in response to, you know, many of the landscape issues that are happening all around the country. But despite having large ACOs that might have a thousand or more docs, underneath them, they still are comprised of small practices. So when we we go out and, and scan the market and look in Massachusetts at Today, currently independent docs, meaning, you know, not part of an ACO, um, it's smaller. It's 10 to 15% of um, our market. 
But we do think this can also create um, just another alternative that what we've heard from doctors in the past, they felt uh, really compelled to, to join an ACO, that that was the only path forward. Um, and, and we just want this to be another alternative out in the market. But, um, you know, immediately eligible right now, 10 to 15 percent. We, we've been um, gotten quite a bit of penetration and uptake uh, in, in this market through the AQC. That covers about 80 or 85 percent of our physicians. Is there anything else you want to add about this program that you haven't mentioned already or I haven't asked? Um, we're excited, but uh, designing the program is only, only half. Um, you know, we, we're, we're hoping to get uh, some engaged uh, pilot groups, um, get them up and running. We're already in conversation with a few, um, but really hope that um, can create further, you know, care delivery, innovation, and change, and um, better serve our, our member patients, uh, especially in this moment. Well, thank you so much. This was really interesting, and um, I'm glad you took time out of your Friday to talk about this. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. For more about this issue, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, visit info at AJMC.com or follow us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.